Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. iHeartRadio app. Good morning to you, my early rising friend, and welcome home. I'm Dean Sharp, the house whisperer, custom home builder, custom home designer here with you live like I am every weekend, Saturdays from 6 to 8, Sundays from 9 to 11, here to be an advocate for you as you wrestle with construction issues on your home a design mentor, because, you know, when it comes to transforming your home, design matters most. It really does. And a friendly voice on your Saturday morning as you take on the noble work of turning your ordinary house into something extraordinary. The team is all here. A couple of our uh, regulars taking a well-deserved day off today, but we've got Jacob in on the board. Morgan is producing for us this morning. She's standing by, ready to take your calls. Let me give the number out because uh, I would love to talk to you about whatever's going on with your home today. The lines are open. 833-2-ASK-DEAN. 833-2-ASK-DEAN. And just FYI, if you didn't know this, Saturday morning's first round of calls up, best time to call in. Uh, the board is empty right now. We're ready. We're waiting. It's your best shot. Just uh, give us a call. Talk to Morgan. Jump into the queue, and uh, we'll get to calls in just a bit. And Claudette Stefanian on the news desk. Morning, Claudette. Hi. Good morning. How are you? I am well. Did you did you say that cougars in California may be endangered? Yeah, crazy, right? Hmm. Wow. Young single men all over the state can breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> Not that type what? of cougar. Oh, the cat. The cat. I get it. That was an early morning cougar joke. <laughs> was it? <laughs> was it? No, it wasn't really. That voice you hear in the background, uh, who's like five feet away from her microphone, is my best buddy in all I'm the world. <laughs> She's working on lists and stuff. Uh, Tina, my design partner and the co-founder of House Whistler and uh, my uh, best friend in, Aww, uh, in good the morning. universe. There you are. All right. Shall we dive in? Shall we get started? Should I tell another cougar joke? Nope. No. Let's just uh, do the show. Let's do the stuff I'm good at. Today is a uh, today's a courage day for you. It's an encouragement day. It's an encouragement toward courage day. Uh, 
Today uh, is a uh, recurring show segment that we do at least once a year, and it's when uh, Dean gets to sit down with you and uh, pick a particular angle on home renovation and ask the question, who says? Who's, what do you, what do you, what do you need? What are you taking stuff oh, from no, me? What, what do you need? Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, you're so grabby. Uh, Sorry. Who says? Who says? And what that means is basically this. It's our day to challenge the conventions, okay, that uh, surround construction so that we can uh, maybe break through some of them and end up creating something extra eye-catchingly special in our designs because custom design is what we're all about around here, customizing your home so that it's truly your home, so that it's telling your story. And uh, for a lot of folks, they're like, okay, well, I'm not exactly sure how you achieve that kind of stuff. Well, one of the things that we do is we look for ways of breaking out of the norm, okay? So today, it's who says the 2021 kitchen edition. Yeah, I wanna talk about your kitchen cabinets today but from a specific perspective of uh, challenging you to potentially do things a little different when it comes to your kitchen. Conventions are useful. They are. I I've got nothing against conventions. They keep us from having to overthink everything. They keep us from having to reinvent the wheel, you know, every five minutes. And that is useful. It's productive. Uh, they allow us to mass produce uh, things at lower prices, right? That's establishing conventions means that we can just go for it. But, 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 but conventional thinking also pens us in a bit. Uh, it can hold us back from thinking as creatively as we should or could, uh, especially when we start to confuse a convention or a tradition with some kind of absolute law. And I think this applies just as a philosophy in life in general. We all need conventions. We all just go with the flow every day. We get into a rhythm. Things are what they are. Anytime we can step back and question those things, uh, maybe the question, maybe the answer to the question is, yeah, no, that the convention is the right thing to go with. But sometimes, sometimes we find, you know what? We don't need that. I don't, I don't need that for me. And uh, we turn a corner and it can make all the difference in the world. When it comes to creating a custom kitchen for your home, Conventions deserve to be second-guessed. That's all I am saying. So I've got a few items on the list, not too many, just enough to get you thinking. Believe me, by the time I'm done, you're like, all right, that's, uh, don't hand me any more because my brain is burning. So that's where we are going today. We're going to start with something right at the foundation, literally the foundation of your kitchen cabinets, which is the toe kick. You know what the toe kick is? I hope you do. Uh, if you're planning your kitchen, you should know. On a conventional cabinet, the toe kick is that little recess down at the floor. It's that little overhang uh, where your cabinet uh, hangs out over uh, another board that's set back. And that uh, toe kick is usually about eh, four inches tall, and it's usually about three inches or three and a half inches deep. And what's it there for? It's there for your toes. It's there so that in theory, when you stand uh, near a cabinet, facing a cabinet, you can kind of belly up to the bar. You can get closer to the cabinet uh, that you're standing in front of because the kick allows a place for your toes to actually slide under the front edge of the cabinet. Hence, 
the toe kick. All right, so what's wrong with a toe kick? There's absolutely nothing wrong with a toe kick. However, the question becomes, do we always need one? Do you always want one? And if we eliminate or change the nature of that kick, can we get out of our kitchen something truly custom, truly interesting, and uh, you know, truly eye-catching? Uh, my answer to that question is yes, we can. Tina has had toe kicks as a uh, chip on her shoulder for quite a while now, so uh, she's going to get involved in this discussion as well. When we come back, we're going to she's uh, I'm going to have you uh, describe to everybody what your big beef with toe kicks are and what you'd rather see in a lot of situations, and we'll take off from there. I'm so glad you've joined us this morning. So much more to come. You're listening to Home with Dean Sharp, the House Whisper. You come at Dean Sharp, The House Whisperer. You are listening to Home, where every week we help you better understand that place where you live. Hey, uh, I want to hear from you what's going on with your home today. We're talking about breaking some conventions in the kitchen. It is our uh, uh, recurring uh, show topic. Who says challenging the conventions in your home so you get a better design? Uh, but I want to hear what's going on with your home. Anything you want to talk about today. So coming up in a few minutes, we're going to go to the phones. The lines are open now. Now's your chance to jump into the queue. Give us a call. Talk to Morgan. Uh, she'll put you on hold. You can listen to the show. And then who knows? Who knows? The number to reach me, 833-2-ASK-DEAN. 833-2-ASK-DEAN. Yes, occasionally I say number. And then I try to say numeral, the numeral two, as often as possible. Why? Because if I say the number two too often, I get emails. I know, right? Come on. Please don't email me about saying the number two. Numeral. Numeral two. Ready for another cougar joke? No. No. All right. Okay, fine. (laughs) Uh, All right. Cabinet kicks. Oh, I promised I was going to put Tina on the mic about this because this has been for her now for quite some time. You've had a cabinet kick issue. We're challenging at this moment the existence of the cabinet kick. What's your deal with cabinet kicks, Tina? Well, I think that they don't look finished. I think they look conventional. I think it's the quick and easy approach when we don't always need a kick we don't always need to get our feet closer like to a sink uh to the cooktop whatever it is um so i think sometimes we need to look at that and and just elevate the kitchen a little bit make it look a little finished different so it gives us an opportunity to change a line yeah and as a result you're like oh your cabinets are there's something different about your cabinets exactly. it looks very clean and Sometimes there are little things that you do, and maybe someone doesn't quite notice what it is, but they can tell that something looks special. There's that sense, that layer, just one of those layers. It's not a big attention-grabbing thing. Right, because it's a kick on a cabinet. It's not the floor. But there's something finished and beautiful about changing it up. Okay. So what are kicks for anyway, by the way? Kicks are for your toes. That's why they're called toe kicks. 
Uh, we've got nothing against kicks, but here's the thing. Uh, <clears throat> let's, let's revisit their purpose in life. Okay. The cabinet kick is, was established so that you could, like Tina was saying, kind of belly up to the cabinet, get closer to a cabinet, like a sink cabinet or a cooktop cabinet, somewhere where you're going to be spending some time, uh, up against the Island, what have you. Here's the thing though. Uh, next time you go into your kitchen, stand around and find out just how often you are tucking your toes underneath that kick. Because the thing is, every cabinet, this is the mass production side of things. Every cabinet that you've ordered for your kitchen is going to come with the same kick. So what about a cab? What about a full height pantry cabinet? A full height pantry cabinet with doors uh, that have to swing open. Are you going to be standing in front of that pan? Once you've opened the doors to your pantry, do you do you belly up against the shelves on your pantry cabinet uh, with your toes underneath the front edge of the cabinet in order to search for you know the uh, the the rice uh, and uh, or to pull out the uh, mixer? Do you stand there for any period of time? The answer is no, you don't. And so. When you start thinking critically about the kitchen, and I don't want to eliminate kicks all throughout your kitchen, but when you start thinking critically about it, there are really only certain areas where the kick is essential. And for some people, it's not really essential at all. Just be aware. That's all I'm saying. Before you get uh, all excited about uh, ordering conventional cabinets, be aware of your time and how your body is positioned in your kitchen. Find out, just, just, just be self-aware when you're standing around your kitchen cooking next time. Find out how often your toes are going under that uh, overlap. Now, why are you making such a big deal out of this, Dean? Okay, why? Because it's an opportunity to make a detail change. <clears throat> As And this is one of the, the realities about kitchens right now. We've gone open plan, right? We've we've now officially the the official stance for most American homes is that we've opened the kitchen to the dining area. Uh, we've lost a lot of informal dining uh, room experiences, and that's all well and good, no problem. There's an informality that has happened in opening the kitchen to the family room. The kitchen is now part of a multi what was a multi room complex. Uh, Kitchen, eating area, family entertainment area, you know, what have you, all together so often. So the door swings both ways, as it were. Not only has the kitchen now been introduced to uh, a rooms that are more furniture-like, but the essence of these furniture-like rooms is in really good design these days. And I don't want to say infecting, but affecting kitchen cabinet looks, too. Kitchen cabinets are becoming more and more, or at least we have the opportunity to make them more and more furniture-like uh, so that they blend in better, so that the kitchen is not some isolated, uh, purely utilitarian area, but it blends and melds more with the furniture complex of the room that they are a part of. So getting rid of unnecessary kicks, and sometimes that means that we've got a front uh, trim piece that goes from the bottom of the door down to the floor. I'm not talking about setting your cabinets directly down on the floor, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. We're not talking about changing cabinet heights, not yet, later in the program. But uh, uh, the kick uh, can go one of two ways, in our opinion, or three ways. Number one, instead of the traditional kick, you can leg out the front of your cabinets. You can put legs 
okay? Or at least the appearance of legs. You can put what we call an apron trim that appears to give your cabinet legs, makes it much more furniture-like. Now, the kick is still back there, but the kick can be pushed back a couple, three more inches so that it's not even visible. It's down there for the utilitarian purpose that once you drop something on the floor, you don't have to be reaching two feet underneath a cabinet to try and, you know, with the broomstick to try and get out that thing you dropped on the floor. It's great to have a barrier down there, clearly. But does it have to be three inches away from the front edge of the cabinet face? Or can we push it back so that we don't see it? And as a result, we can have faux legs or even uh, real legs sitting up front and making each of those cabinet pieces look more like independently standing pieces of furniture, especially if your kitchen is going more traditional in its effect. Now, what if it's going more uh, contemporary? Well, then we might be able to eliminate the kicks altogether and even raise the cabinets off the floor a little bit more. But we can talk about that in a bit. So you get it? You get it? Are you flowing with us? Okay, good, because we got a lot more to come. You are home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Maybe we'll go to the phones up next. AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You are home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Hey, thanks for joining us this morning. The sun is up. Well, almost. The sky is light now. Hey, I love the fact that uh, you guys are early morning risers. So we try and do everything we can to get your day started right here. On the Saturday, it's going to be a warm one, but it's not warm right now. That's one of the reasons I love to get up at 5 in the morning every morning. You know what? If you were up this morning at a little after 5, regardless of what the rest of the day is going to turn out to be, which I think is like 870 degrees, uh, it was cool, it was lovely, and you can smell just the beginning hint of fall in the air. It won't be around later today, but this morning, oh, it was just there. I looked up, there was Orion floating over the southern sky, the Pleiades, you know. All right, I'm nerding out, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm moving on, I'm moving on, Tina. Okay. She's like, thank God, please <laughs> move on. All right, uh, we've been talking about breaking conventions. We're gonna get back to that in just a bit, but uh, maybe it's time to go to the phones. How about we do that? Gabriella. Welcome home. Morning, Dean. Um, my question is, um, so I started smelling a, a smell of mold in my kids' uh, closet. So we evacuated the room. Um, kids haven't been in there since. Uh, my, my husband pulled out the carpet, and there was nothing. It was completely clean. The, the smell wasn't on the carpet itself. Um, there was nothing. Our, our concrete, um, our house sits on a concrete slab directly on the floor, so we thought maybe uh, water had gone into the sides of the walls. He pulled out the drywall, nothing. There are no signs of mold anywhere. Um, we found some cracks on the concrete slab. I was wondering if mold could be building underneath the house, um, under the foundation, and, and if so, would filling those cracks be sufficient fix to, uh, I guess, fix that or, or avoid the mold from getting into the 
Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, okay, good. Great question. And one of the trickier things about mold, it's one thing when you smell it and you see it and you're like, wow, there it is. We got a mold problem. Um, but when there are just hints of it, then it can actually become confusing. So the way your slab is built, uh, the slab should have been uh, when it was poured before the concrete was poured down onto the main surface uh, of the uh, soil. There should have been a vapor barrier laid down. I'm assuming there was. The vapor barrier sometimes near the edges of the slab uh, don't go as far as they should have. And by vapor barrier, I mean a, like a plastic visqueen sheet that is now permanently embedded underneath the slab. And that is doing exactly what it sounds like it's supposed to be doing, which is keeping moisture, as much moisture as possible, out of the slab or from mitigating itself, migrating to the top of the uh, slab. However, vapor barriers are not foolproof, and uh, sometimes uh, over time, if a slab cracks, and it's not unusual for a slab to crack in certain areas, uh, the moisture that's in a slab, and a slab, remember, it's concrete. Concrete is, you know, it's a synthetic stone. Concrete is very porous. Concrete is a, a moisture sponge, as it were. That's why we have to be careful, you know, how we treat it. I don't know what's going on just outside your kids' closets, uh, whether or not these are interior closet walls or uh, are, or are these closets is on the exterior edge of the house? Yes, yes. Oh, oh, they are. Okay. So one of the things you're going to want to look at just as a as a preventative measure is, is just what's outside immediately right outside the closet. If there's a flower bed or a yard or something like that, uh, is it getting a little too much water? Uh, is it a little moist out there? That kind of thing. I don't think, it doesn't sound like you've got a leak or anything like that. But once the slab cracks, if there is a crack in that closet area, it's going to tend to let a little bit more of its innate moisture up into the room. And in a closet with carpeting down underneath, now we've got this area where it's dark, it's cool, there's moisture and I think what you are probably detecting is the beginnings, just the beginnings of the presence of mold that hasn't developed to the point where you can actually visually see it. But if you can smell that mustiness, then it's probably there. So just a couple of things. Number one, yes, fill the cracks. And you can, uh, you know, you can find this stuff. It's uh, easy to find. There's concrete crack filler. It comes in uh, caulking tubes that you can use, use a caulking gun uh, to uh, do the job. Concrete crack filler sitting on the shelf at, you know, the hardware store, the Home Depot, the Lowe's. And uh, fill up those cracks so that you don't have that kind of admittance point anymore. Number two is uh, once that's done, and you don't have to treat the slab ahead of time because it's kind of a, a waste to do this, but once that's done, once the cracks are full, then give everything in there a nice little, you know, ammonia bleach bath. Uh, uh, you could use vinegar uh, if you don't feel like the bleach or ammonia. But uh, the point is, let's just knock out whatever uh, potential residue is happening. And then once you've done that, you, while you're at a place like the Home Depot or a hardware store, um, I know these are at the depot. That's why I'm saying that. Uh, there are relatively inexpensive little uh, mold test kits that you can get. And uh, you've already cleaned out the closet. So set the mold test kit in there after you have done your work on sealing up the slab. And uh, just follow the directions. Uh, uh, sometimes they have multiple ways of testing. Sometimes there are contact strips that will tell you kind of like a litmus test. 
Uh, other times, uh, there is usually something that you set out exposed. You peel it back and you expose it to the air inside the closet for 24 to 48 hours. That will tell you whether or not you actually have mold spores of any kind whatsoever uh, in the air in there. And uh, But I'm guessing that if you take a look at the moisture outside, fill the cracks, and uh, let it air out a little bit, and then hit that with uh, the bleach uh, and or the vinegar, uh, let that dry out, you should be able to knock it back uh, before it becomes a problem. But just know this, if you smell must, uh, a musty area, that is the beginnings of mold. Uh, it's probably in your situation not a, uh, a huge issue, but uh, just uh, better safe than sorry. Uh, and uh, that's the way to uh, do it, Gabriella. Thank you so much for the call. That uh, is a really good question. A lot of people experience that and uh, and don't know exactly what to do because there's no visual cues yet. And it sounds like you guys are going all out. And uh, so yeah, just to take that approach, fill the cracks, clean it, disinfect, and then uh, test for mold to make sure that you've got it handled. And you may, you may not want to put that particular piece of carpet back. Maybe get a little bit of uh, uh, just, you know, a few planks of luxury vinyl plank just for inside the uh, the uh, closet area and uh, use that instead as a flooring in there instead of putting that carpet. Because the carpet may be, at this point, have a few spores in it and it may not be easy to get the must smell out of the carpet. Gabriele, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I hope that uh, helps you out. Uh, let's talk to, uh, oh, you know what? We have to go to a break. Uh, you guys hang on. We're coming back to the phones right after this. Uh, you were home with Dean. Dean Sharp, the house whisperer, welcome home. Yeah, I can make those promises that Rick Ashley was just singing about, right? We're trying. We're doing our best. Hey, 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 thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, we're talking about uh, breaking convention in your kitchen with your cabinets. We'll get back to that in just a bit. But we're in the middle of taking calls, as is our uh, tradition. So uh, let's go back to the phones. Colby, welcome home. Hi, hello. 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 Um, I, I'm insulating uh, my van, and I just wanted your recommendations on uh, on the material for insulation. Like, what, what type of material do you recommend? And uh, do you have any other tips as far as um, the construction goes for building the insulation inside the van? And that's it. Thank you. All right. Uh, you know what? I am not an expert on uh, on uh, building out uh, vans, uh, but I can give you a little bit, just a little bit of uh, of past experience uh, of things that I've seen. Probably the most intensive insulation that you could use for a van, because you want to get as the highest R value as possible in the you know with the thinnest wall. Uh, clearly to make the most room inside uh, the uh, the the most intense insulation you could use would be a closed cell spray foam insulation okay kind of that kind of expansive stuff that uh, you get in cans at the store except uh, you can also get it in larger supplies 
and you would overfill all of the wall areas and then after it expands and hardens you shave it down so that uh, it's going to fit the panels that you're going to be laying on top of it and covering it all up with however here's the disclaimer on that uh i saw that done once and uh the uh, not you know we don't have a van but uh i saw that done once a, a buddy of mine did it and uh, he was so proud because, you know what, it did. I mean, it made the inside of his van like a thermos cooler. It was just fantastic. But about four months later, as he's starting to drive around, this is what happened. Squeaks. It started squeaking because the closed cell foam is a rigid foam, and it's in there, and it gets into every crack and crevice, and it conformed with the van, with the metal so intensely and, you know, the van body, uh, it torques, it shifts, it torques a little bit, you know, as you go down the road. And it's, it's a car. Car body has flex to it. The rigid closed cell foam did not have flex to it. And so as a result, he ended up with the back of his van just being a squeak fest where the foam insulation, where it had, where it had uh, unadhered uh, to, from the metal was at points that he couldn't get to. Uh, rubbing and squeaking, and it started driving him crazy. I think eventually he ended up tearing it all out and going with a loose fill foam or a loose fill insulation. So the only advice that I can give you is uh, get some more advice on this. Uh, probably the spray foam, which would be the most intense R value, I don't think it's probably the best way to go. You can use it for spots. But uh, I have heard and seen that the most effective way overall and the quietest way would be to use a really dense uh, fiber insulation like a rock wool insulation and then uh, cram as much of it in as you possibly can and then push your panels up against it. Rock wool so that it slides easily and it's soft and it's not rigid and it won't end up squeaking down the road. That's the best advice I got for you. Otherwise, uh, you know, talk to a uh, RV shop uh, potentially that does custom build outs and see what kind of stuff they use. Really interesting question, bud. Appreciate it. Can we fit one more in here? Let's uh, let's try. Lily, welcome home. Hi, Dean. Great show. Hi. Thank you. Hi. Um, so my husband and I were building a house in Lake Havasu City, and it's a new development, and they don't have gas, so. The kitchen has to be electric. And uh -huh. we were um, introduced to an under count, under, under counter um, or an under mount um, induction cooktop that the top yes. of it, like it just looks like stone. Um, yep. I've never seen it in action. And I was wondering what your take on it was. Okay. Uh a lot of people have not seen these. Oh, my gosh. Am I just talking slow today? Uh, because we're up against a break. Lily, this is a really great question, and it actually dovetails nicely into a non-conventional uh, kitchen. So if you can hold, I'm going to come back to you okay. right after the break, and I'm going to explain to everybody, number one, uh, we'll do a quick uh, primer on uh, induction cooktops, and then we'll go the second step and uh, see if we can't make one invisible on your kitchen island or on your countertop. Because, yes, they are out there, and, yes, they do work. There are some things you got to be aware of, but uh, I'll explain that when we return. So you hang tight, and uh, everybody listening, you hang tight. I'm so glad you joined us this morning. So much more to come. 
You're home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer on KFI. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.